Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible, and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm Jared Brummett, audio engineer and editor, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. In this episode, we're diving into the next installment of our study in Philippians. This is a continuation of the message that Rob delivered at World Outreach Church in Riversboro, Tennessee. As always, we'd like to invite you to visit robertjmorgan.com, where you'll find Rob's blog post, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Now, when we die, we return to the dust. And somehow, it's not hard for the Lord, but He traces every molecule of us It doesn't matter what happens to us. And at the resurrection day, he's going to bring us back into a living reality in the body that we have now. But it's not just going to be a resuscitated corpse. It's not just going to be that our body appears again and we're going to begin to breathe. We are going to be transformed, glorified, and these physical bodies are going to take on an essence and a dimension and qualities that never had before and be like his glorious, glorified, resurrection bodies. Now, just think of that. What's it going to be like? Well, I'll give you three clues about it. First of all, we will be identifiable recognizable. Look at Matthew chapter 28. This reference, I'm sorry, is wrong on your notes. It says 24, but I hit the wrong key. Matthew 28 verse 8. This is on resurrection day. It is the Easter, the first Easter, and the women had come to the tomb and found it empty. And it says in Matthew 28, 8, so the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. Can you imagine? And they came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. They recognized him. It was the Jesus they had known. They turned around and they saw him, and through their tears with their joyful hearts reaching up to heaven and their arms reaching around his feet, they recognized him. Now look at Luke's gospel, chapter number 24. Luke 24 and verse number 13. This is the same day that afternoon. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with one another, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. So the Lord did something to keep them from recognizing him, indicating that otherwise they would have recognized him. The Lord wanted to prove to them that Jesus was alive, but not by empirical truth. So Jesus, as he walked along, said, oh, you are so slow to believe everything the prophets have said. 
and he began talking about messianic prophecy which he had fulfilled. I'm sure he took them to Isaiah 53. I'm sure he took them to Psalm 22. He told them many of the things in the Old Testament which were true about them and their hearts burned within them and they came to realize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and he is alive not because they recognized his resurrection body but on the basis of fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. And they got to Emmaus and it says in verse number 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. So we will be recognizable. Our bodies are going to be like his. You'll look at me and you'll say, well, that's Robert Morgan. He used to preach. How did he ever get up here? You'll recognize that's my dad. That I even think because Peter seemed to know Elijah and Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. You'll see someone and you'll say, that was, I know that person. That, that's my miscarried child. You'll recognize them. That's my great grandfather that I never met. Even people that you didn't literally get to know on this earth, I think we'll recognize them. We will be identifiable. We will be recognizable. People sometimes say to me, do you think we'll know each other in heaven? Well, if we know one another here, do you think we're going to be more stupid in heaven than we are on earth? <laughs> of course we're going to recognize one another. We will be recognizable. And secondly, we will be functional our bodies will function very much like they do down here. So here we are in Luke 24. Let's just go down to verse 36. This is when the, upper, the disciples were in the upper room that evening. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still do not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Do you have anything here? Do you guys have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish that probably came from the Sea of Galilee and had been shipped down to Jerusalem and they had broiled it and they were going to have a dinner together and Jesus said, I'd like that piece right there. And it says they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence indicating that our resurrection body, if it's going to be like the Lord's, is fully capable of standing, of eating, of speaking, of doing all of the things we do now. His body also could do other things. It could appear and disappear. It could go through stone walls and through wooden doors. Will we be able to do all of those things? Well, Jesus did. I'm, I'm not going to go beyond that. But it says that our bodies will be like his glorious body. But certainly, they will be recognizable and they will be functional. But also, thirdly, they will be 
imperishable. And this brings us to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is the most extended passage in the Bible on this subject. So let's end up there. 1 Corinthians in chapter number 15. Look at verse 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised and with what kind of body will they come? How foolish. Now, Paul is not saying that the question is foolish. He is here speaking to scoffers, speaking to people who are ridiculing the resurrection, and he is answering their questions. And they are saying, this is such a stupid thing. What kind of body is that going to be? And Paul is saying, you are asking this stupidly, but I will answer the question. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant a body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else, but God gives it a body as he is determined, and to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. So what he is saying, I remember, I don't have a a garden now, but for many years I grew a garden, and I love to grow corn. So you make a furrow, and you take the corn seed, and you drop it in there. The corn seed is hard and small and appears to be dead, but you cover it over, and the rain falls, and God, by his goodness, causes that little seed to germinate, and it it springs up until it becomes a full ear of corn. It is the same in essence. The essence of the corn is still corn. If you plant wheat, you get wheat. If you plant an acorn, you get an oak tree, but it is of the same essence. It's just now better. It's bigger. It's got clothing of leaves. It's green. It's verdant, but it's the same thing. And Paul was saying, just as an oak tree is the same thing and yet better than an acorn, our resurrection bodies are going to be of the same essence, but much better than the old body that was buried. It will be imperishable. It's going to be the same in essence, but it's going to be clothed with immortality. And then he says in verse 39, not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds have another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and star differs from star in splendor. So what Paul is saying here is not only will our resurrection bodies be of the same essence but better than our physical bodies are on earth right now, but this is not hard for God to do. He can make many different kinds of bodies. He makes human bodies. He makes bodies for dogs. He makes bodies for cats. He makes bodies for fish. He makes heavenly bodies. He makes stars in the sky. He makes the sun. He makes the moon. He makes many kinds of bodies. It is not hard for God to give you a resurrection body. He can do this easily because he is omnipotent. Now he says in verse 43, so it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that was sown is perishable. It will be raised imperishable. In other words, right now we are all perishing. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says that 
Our outward form is fading away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. So we're all living in the land of the dying. We are all on our way towards the grave. It's the big fact of life is that unless Christ comes again, we're all going to die and we will perish. But when we are raised again, our resurrection glorified body, our heavenly body will no longer be capable of deterioration in any way, at any time, in any form, for any reason. No sickness, no aches and no pains, no problems that require a trip to the hospital, no emergency rooms there, no aging, no need now for Botox or oil of Olay. We will all be in the prime of life in a body that knows no decay and shows no deterioration forever. That's the imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. So the body that the disciples saw after the resurrection, <coughs> the body of Jesus still was on earth. But when he ascended to heaven, it took on a glorious nature and it was so glorious that when Paul got a glimpse of it on the Damascus Road, he was blinded. When John saw him, he said in the book of Revelation, his face was shining like the sun in all of its radiance. He was emanating light. There, are, there is a glorious dimension here, and our bodies somehow are going to share this glory when we're resurrected. The glory of Christ will be shared with us, and we will be glorious beings. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is sown a spiritual body. Now, by spiritual body, he doesn't mean a bodiless spirit. Doesn't mean we're going to be floating around in the ethereal atmosphere without any tangible body. The word body is used here. It was sown a body that was designed for earth. But when we are resurrected, our bodies will be transformed to be quite at home in eternity and in heaven. It will be a body that is glorified and equipped for eternal life in the streets of gold and in this wonderful land that is described for us all the way through the Bible, but especially in Revelation 21 and 22. So this is our resurrection body. Right now we look in the mirror and we think, oh my goodness, I'm going downhill. We should look in the mirror and say, oh my goodness, I'm getting closer and closer to my resurrection body. It's going to be recognizable. It is going to be functional. It is going to be imperishable. And it's going to be like the transformed body of the glorified Jesus Christ equipped for eternity. And when will this happen? We'll look down at verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. In other words, this transformation of your body from the dust of the earth where it is perished and decayed into the glorified, resurrected, wonderful, glorious, imperishable body that you will have for eternity it takes a nanosecond. 
for God to do. In the twinkling of an eye, it says at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. So, so this is Paul's explanation of what he said in Philippians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21. That we are citizens of heaven and we are eagerly awaiting a savior from there who by the power that is willing to bring everything under his control and subdue everything to his authority will also transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body, which is recognizable, identifiable. It is functional and it is imperishable. Therefore, he says, this is the way to stand firm, to recognize there are a few people who will give you good guidance in life. There are many people who will mess up your life. But there's only one Jesus Christ who will transform your life throughout eternity. And if you don't know him as your savior, you're missing out on all of this. At the close of the service, there'll be some pastors up here. They would be glad to pray with you, to talk with you, to help you rededicate yourself to Christ. We don't know if we'll ever have another day in this world. So we can't gamble with eternity. But you come and find him as your savior. And then begin anticipating, eagerly awaiting that day. And until then, you stand firm. And we'll sing. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, with no less days to sing God's grace than when we first begun. Will you stand with me for our closing prayer? Dear Lord, give us an eager anticipation. Even tonight as we go to bed, tomorrow as we wake up, we're in a world that is weary but we're being renewed day by day and may the hope of this passage catch hold of us until we can hardly wait to see Jesus. And until then, may we stand firm. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for digging into the riches of the Bible with us. This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing company Clearly Media. Audio editing is by Jared Brummett. Editorial supervision is by Sherry Anderson. And Luke Tyler condenses and posts each of these episodes as blogs on my website at robertjmorgan.com where you can find many other resources. Music is by Jordan Davis and Elijah Rowe. 
please share this podcast with somebody else. Thanks for tuning in, and may God be with you until we meet again.